You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, sitting here uh, in almost full studio with Ken and Matt. How are Dick you? Dick Gutley. And Dick Gutley's back. What's uh, what's on the docket today, Dick? Well, the weather's perfect out there. We got uh, some ladies in the studio. No, there's us not. There's right, never sorry. ladies in the no, studio. No shock jocks here. <laughs> yeah, no ladies ever visit Dick Gutley at the studio. because uh, no Jeff be, either. No, uh, Jeff isn't going to get a lawsuit like Dick Gutley at some point. But uh, yeah, Jeff isn't I here. I hate I think Dick he's Gutley. still at the puppy factory. He's still at the puppy factory. We don't say puppy factory. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a Willy the Wonka pound. version where they're, they're happy puppies. Yeah, you just couldn't choose one. Yeah, he's still he's there. adopting a puppy, people. Yeah. But he's been adapting it for several weeks now. For several weeks. It's a long process. You need to make sure that the hairs match, that it's non-allergenic, allergenic, all that good stuff. So he's yeah, going to get a puppy. Jeff, it's definitely got to be not allergenic. And yeah. Jeff's going to be listening to this episode as he quality controls it. So Jeff, hopefully get a nice picture of the puppy so everyone can see it because it is our official dog. He's got to roll a 20 on the die before he picks it. Exactly. So What uh, a way to adapt a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another way you can do it too. Just go, yeah, go there and roll a die. Um, well, we have a, a really special game uh, prepared for you today, even though Jeff isn't here. I'm just going to be keeping score for you all at home and uh, inserting the occasional joke. Uh, but first, we're going to introduce uh, today's host. Uh, he has been on a game before, uh, and he uh, said that he wrote a game that he was excited to uh, bring to us, which we're excited to play. Uh, he's coming to us uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oakland 5 supporter on Patreon, Ian Belovich. How are you, Ian? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, and uh, why don't you remind everyone uh, kind of what you're up to? I know you have some, I think, some good news uh, coming or it just came uh, from what you're doing over in school. But uh, yeah, let us know what's going on. Yeah. So I'm an incoming third year medical student here in Tulsa, and I just took my uh, first board exam on, on Friday. So All right. I think it went well. Yeah. Don't get the results back yet for another month, but well, this I think is it a went well. tentative congratulation. Yeah. Tentative. Yeah. Thank you. And if I fail, we'll just. Edit this we'll cut it uh, in post, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. We can always fix it in post. Uh, well, thank you for uh, writing today's game. Uh, and uh, thank you to our friends Tim Edwards and uh, Cheyenne Fletcher of Questionable Company for introducing us to Ian, playtesting his game, and all that good stuff. So always uh, nice to shout them out. And Cheyenne, who has uh, our logo tattooed on his arm forever. <laughs> so if you want to join Cheyenne, just reach out. And we'll, we'll recommend a tattoo artist. Um, we have a, Is that a, his arm? It's on his arm. Yeah, on his forearm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember it being on his leg, but... No, yeah, on his on his arm, uh, and no black ink on it. It's like the outlines yeah, of the, right. the skin, whatever yeah. that's called, ray or I don't know what it's called. I don't I don't really have any tattoos apparently, so okay. I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah, 
Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking of uh, recommendations and referrals, uh, one of our listeners uh, who's been on the show before, Ian Schultze, uh, made sure that we ch- checked out uh, the show that we're about to introduce. Uh, they do a great job over there. Um, it's always fun listening to them and their banter. And they also have a Neil who spells his name the wrong way, but I don't, uh, I'm not mad at him, I should say. I forgive him. That's debatable. It's debatable, uh, even though there's more NEILs in the world. So whatever, I guess. I'm just not bitter about it. Um, but we have uh, two special guests uh, from the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast, a great p- uh, podcast you should check out. We'll let them talk about what their show is. Uh, we'd like to introduce Davo and Kells. Uh, let's start with Davo. Thanks for uh, setting this up for us. How are you guys doing today? Hello. And welcome to the Triviality Podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. I am your special guest, Davo. With me today, we have Kells. Hello, everyone. That's how we open every show. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> us. This is great. This is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we are the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast. We are very similar in flavor to your show, the Triviality Podcast, except we're not as smart and we're kind of weird. Well, that's okay. I think we're we're kind of weird and not that smarty too. But I think we both have fun is what the important thing is. Yeah, that's the important. We impart a little bit of knowledge and a lot of laughs. That's what that's kind of our goal. Awesome. Uh, well, we we enjoy the show a lot. And Kels, where can uh, can people find you uh, to listen to the show? Because we were on Operation Switcheroo with you, uh, uh, thanks to Moxie Labouche uh, this past April Fools, which hopefully everyone on our feed got a, a taste of your show. But where can people find you? Oh, in the wilderness, I, I've found to be the most successful place to find our show. But if you don't find us there, uh, we bring Ladle Trivia Podcast on Spotify, um, with iTunes, YouTube, our website. You know, we're, we're all out the there. places. Like, Come check us out. Yeah, all the places. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you want to continue the laughs uh, and get some trivia as well, yeah, definitely check out Brain Ladle Trivia. We're going to say the name a lot today to get you to check them out because... Uh, Davo and Kells are going to be Team Brain Ladle, which is uh, pretty easy to remember. All right. And they're going to face Matt and Ken. Yeah. We're going to be Team Cortex Spatula. Right. Sounds like a heavy metal band uh, with cookware. (laughs) We are Cortex Spatula. (laughs) So so, uh, we have our teams. We're excited to play. Uh, Ian, you're the host. Any preference on uh, the rules read? Um, Let's let's go classic. Let's go... uh... Original Darren. All right. Oh, original Darren. So we want Darren, uh, do your best Davo impression from the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. All right, uh, Davo, what did you think of that impression? Was it pretty good? That was all right. That was pretty solid. I have a little bit more nuance, but I think it works. All right, so he's missing <laughs> Clean the, it up, Darren. Clean it up. He's missing the classic Davo subtext, but we'll give, we'll give him another There's try. Lack of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work on that. All right, I'm going to keep score. Uh, Ian, take it away. All righty. Um, so my first round here is going to be uh, general knowledge. Uh, still 10 points apiece. Tried to change a couple questions up so we don't have any repeats from some of the previous episodes. Um, All right, so let's get into it. Question number one, she's the man. This is a movies question. Uh, Sometimes the Academy Awards steal the limelight when it comes to movie trivia. 
but it's not the only award show that produces great content. I want you to name the only two men who have won a Golden Raspberry Award for performing in female roles, i.e. they won an award for worst actress. And I'll give you half credit of five points if you give me one answer. All right, we'll uh, go ahead and lock in here. I think we have uh, an inkling. Um, there was a terrible movie called Jack and Jill, and pretty sure oh, Adam Sandler yeah, yeah. would have been Adam nominated Sandler. for. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. He, so he's my definite. They should name the I was category. Trying to think of a, <laughs> oh, I thought of somebody else. Uh, it could be Eddie Murphy for Norbit. Uh, yeah, we'll go with your answers because mine don't make as much sense as yours. All right, cool. So you guys are in with uh, Adam Sandler and um, and Eddie Murphy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we too said Adam Sandler for Jack and Jill, and the other one we thought maybe uh, white chicks. Mm-hmm. The, although oh, they they played people dressing up as women. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We ended up going with Sean Wayne's just to to have some white chicks representation <laughs> on the show. Oscar winner Sean Wayne's. All right, I I heard I heard one correct answer between you guys there. That was Adam Sandler for Jack and Jill in 2011. Also, big one you're forgetting, Tyler Perry oh. for a Medea Christmas oh. and Boo Two a Medea Halloween. <laughs> That's why I forget for those. Medea. Yeah, All he right. was so good, he got two of them. All right, so five points of piece for uh, Adam Medea. Sandler. All righty, yep, half score there. Okay, <laughs> question number two. I've got friends in low places. This is a geography question. Name either of the two world capitals that are situated below sea level. I'll give you five points extra if you name me both. I have no idea on this um, question, Matt, but I like your guess. Um, and you could just, just throw another one in there. So, Kells, what's the capital of the Netherlands? Well, the, essentially the whole country is underwater. So that's my thought. <laughs> It's not Amsterdam, is it? Yeah. Is that the capital? Let's go with Amsterdam, I think. Or The Hague. Okay. I don't think it's The Hague. Yeah. So uh, um, what about... This is a great question, by the way, Ian. I'm loving this question. Well, let's do let's do Amsterdam. And um, the other one, let's be, let's be kind of funny. Because we obviously don't know... <laughs> Okay. What you thinking? How funny you want to um, be? A Washington, D.C. We owe a lot of money, man. Sure. <laughs> We're very underwater. <laughs> What's wrong with those then? Um, so for the first one, we were thinking possibly Damascus. Uh, it's the answer for a lot of trivia type stuff. So we tend to... Oldest city. Yeah. So maybe it's sunk over the years. I don't know. And then we also said uh, capital of Argentina, Buenos Aires. Okay. Well, Team Brain Ladle is getting full points here. I've got the Amsterdam, Netherlands. The harder one was Baku and Azerbaijan. Uh, You guys were very close on the Washington, D.C. I believe they're only... I think it's like four feet above sea level. Pretty close. (laughs) But only two in the negative, so, so good job, guys. So many places are uh, going to be turning into Waterworld with uh, Kevin Costner, apparently. <laughs> That's unfortunate. All righty. Let's move on to question number three here. They laid an egg. This is a sports question. There are currently 124 teams in the big four American professional sports leagues, even if you include the Chicago Bears. 
115 of these franchises are based in the United States. What are the only two teams that are named after the official state bird of their respective home states? Okay, we are going to lock in with some answers. So, Davo, I know one for sure is the Pelicans of New Orleans. Yeah, Uh, I was thinking the St. Louis Cardinals because I think the state bird of Arizona is the Roadrunner. What do we say, Matt? Uh, Pelicans is a really, really good answer that I didn't think of. Uh, We ended up saying the Baltimore Orioles and then went with the Philly Eagles because who knows? Yep, you guys should have joined forces on this question here because I've got the Baltimore Orioles, State Bird of Maryland, and the New Orleans Pelicans, the Brown Mm. Pelicans, State Bird of Louisiana. So five points each? Yeah, half points. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Is it it bad of me that I only think of Orioles as baseball players (laughs) and not a bird? Not an actual bird. I I forget that as well, but I I think the real question here is how uh, is Big Cardinal getting into sports so much? No kidding. Yeah. Well, uh, the Cardinals... I think the cardinal is the state bird of Illinois, but not Missouri. I think that's the bluebird, mm-hmm. eastern bluebird. We are the cardinals. <laughs> yeah, it should be the Illinois cardinals. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. Question number four, storied career. This is a music question. I can't believe this is true, but this woman is the only artist to date to have a number one single on a billboard chart in six consecutive decades, spanning from the 1960s to the 2010s. Who is she? Okay, me and Matt have an idea, so we're going to go ahead and lock in here. Well, I like to honor Dolly Parton every chance I get, so are you good with Dolly Parton? Hey, man, I tumble to the bed and uh, hustle to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition. (laughs) Let's roll with Dolly. uh, Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton. All right, I think we're going with Cher, right, Matt? Mm -hmm. Um, We believe in Life After Love. I don't know what the song goes, but we got Cher. (laughs) <laughs> yep i don't if you guys caught the hint there i said i can't believe yes this is share mm. oh and you flipped your hair back just like share yeah. when you answer which is kind of funny because you don't have like the long no. mane of share yeah but you did the great hair, hair flip <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's the magic of editing and you're wearing a very deep no i'm v not let's bedazzle. <laughs> all right speaking of editing the next question number five is in sound design. This is a movie question. In Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, the Rancor, kept as a pet by Jabba, is fed the guests that displease the warlord, with one notable exception, of course. The beast is depicted as an enormous reptilian carnivore known as a vicious fighter, but the growls and sounds were generated by a much different creature. Name this very real animal that provides the voice of the Rancor, according to sound designer Ben Burt. No word on whether they were bred to flush badgers. Is that a college sports thing? I'll, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> right, I'm asking Matt. I know you're asking. Oh, um, I think uh, there's Matt a lot of clues I, that lead to that. Yeah, I think Matt and I are in agreement, so we're locked in. Terriers. I thought terriers. A, a terrier was used to flush badgers. Something. You I think it's going to be some kind of or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's day to day badger fighting. You know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, what you're putting down. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna be like a terrier. I think it's gonna be a little a, a, a small dog, like a terrier. Okay, we got Let's a terrier. Um 
Ken mentioned it might be a college football thing. Uh, Badgers being from Wisconsin, one of their main rivals would be Michigan. I think this might be a Wolverine. All right, so we've got Terrier and Wolverine. You guys are very close. Um, the dog that flushes Badgers, that would be a Dachshund. Mm. Oh, Dachshund snarls and yips were the voice of the Rancor. And another Ferocious. another fun fact is the, uh, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, I believe, was a Jack Russell Terrier. Wow. Mm. wow, and it was <laughs> probably the same one from Frasier. He had a, a mean streak. Yeah, it was Eddie. Eddie and Wishbone, yeah. Uh, so after the first five questions, uh, we're all going to be yipping here in studio and beyond. Uh, it looks like Brain Ladle uh, has 15 points uh, at the first after the first five, and uh, Team Cortex Spatula just five ahead of them with 20, so very close game. It's anybody's game. It is. It's anybody's <laughs> game. Going into question number six. Calculate pi to nine digits. This is a European history question. One of the most unique items on display at the Museo Galileo in Florence, Italy, is this body part of polymath Galileo Galilei. Maybe it's aimed at the Vatican for a reason. How, how dirty do you want to make it? <laughs> I don't know if you can get nine digits of pi on there. <laughs> hey <laughs> Now that's a tattoo I want to see a listener get. <laughs> Uh, what are you thinking? Like a peg leg? What do we got here? All right. Uh, me and Matt have an idea here. Thanks to some clues and we're going to go ahead and lock in. I was thinking his hands. He's going to throw mm -hmm. those hands at the Vatican. Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking Badoom, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> but. Oh, and uh, just for the listeners at home, uh, Devo uh, showed us a bird that wasn't a cardinal. If you get my drift. <laughs> <laughs> that's Badoom is the universal <laughs> everyone knows the podcast that. version of yeah um, I'm thinking hands it could be his he could be looking at the Vatican oh, let's go with hands uh, why oh. not let's have him throw hands. these hands alright so Galileo's throwing hands uh, <laughs> throwing hands yeah we thought we thought he would be mad at the Vatican I believe he was arrested by the church back in the day so we thought maybe they'd give him uh, the middle finger. So we said his middle finger. Yep. The ninth digit of pi is three. Your third digit is your middle finger. I say, it's his right middle uh, finger. I say I say we give him points. Cause yeah. He I would was have exactly said be more specific. Correct. Yeah. I, he, he gave the middle finger to all of us. <laughs> he gave the badoom. <laughs> he gave the hand. He gave the hand and the reasoning. So points, points yeah. for both. And, and for, for, Kel's, for Kel's, like Braun Strowman says, you know, get these hands. Get these hands. Oh, good job, guys. His interesting note, his finger was severed in 1737, and it was rediscovered in 2009 at an auction. So Whoa. who knows what people <laughs> did with his hands for <laughs> that long. Wow. Back hey, guys, look what I got. <laughs> Galileo's <laughs> finger. Galileo's <laughs> finger. Yeah, that's, yeah. Definitely not something you'd find on the adult shops. Okay, question number seven. Finger looking good. See what I, see what I did there? <laughs> Television question. In season two of Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman arranges for Walt and Jesse to meet a potential buyer of their high-quality meth at a fast-food chicken joint. We later learn that the manager of the restaurant is, in fact, the franchise owner and an international drug kingpin who uses his restaurants for his illicit operations. What is the name of Gustavo Fring's restaurant chain? Yep. I thought I knew it, though I've never seen the show, and Matt confirmed. So we're, we're in. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll lock into. Uh, Poyos Hermanos. Okay. I'm going with the Chicken Brothers, Los Poyos Hermanos. Yeah, very good. Los Poyos Hermanos. Where you'll find a, a very good box cutter. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> no Whoa, no fly swatter. Come on. <laughs> All righty, question number eight. No need for omeprazole. This is a biology question. The platypus is widely known for being an oddball of the animal kingdom. It has a duck bill, a beaver tail, and a venomous spur. It lacks nipples, uses electrolocation, and lays eggs. Strangely, though, like other monotremes and some fish, it lacks what internal organ? So uh, Neil pointed to himself, saying that maybe he takes his medication. I take omeprazole in the morning, yeah. Okay. I don't know what it does. But I also lack nipples, and la- and I do lay <laughs> eggs, though. <laughs> I don't know what, what this does, but what would something Neil would need? A soul. Platypi <laughs> don't have souls. Shang Tsung took my soul uh, long ago. A back tattoo. Your soul is mine. So it's ne- gotta be something, Neil has it's so gotta many be something that a platypus could lack. Neil has so many medical ailments that we can't even we can't narrow it down. <laughs> what it's for. <laughs> That's why you call me the WebMD of podcasting because I'm just a laundry list of ailments. All right, we're gonna go ahead and lock in. We've we've deciphered uh, Neil's ailments, and maybe we have an idea. All right, so I take a meprazole at night, and it's for heartburn and acid reflux. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I like spicy food, and it ruined me. So <laughs> I I'm, thinking, to ruin you a I, I'm thinking it's a gallbladder. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hopefully thinking gallbladder. <laughs> Are you guys going gallbladder? I think gallbladder makes sense. All right. And what did we say? We said like ear, inner ear? Yeah, ear canal, some inner ear drum. I don't know. General ear. I do have vestibular issues, but that's not what my omeprazole is for. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's not Neil's Limitless pill, but it is um, omeprazole, if you caught the clue. It is for heartburn, yes, so it's going to be a proton pump inhibitor. Helps reduce your stomach acid, so it is the stomach. So they have no stomach. They have no stomach. They have no stomach, yep. Food travels straight from their esophagus into their intestines, and they don't have nearly as an acidic environment in there as as we do. That's weird. I didn't think... You could live without a stomach. That's why I didn't say stomach. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Maybe I, maybe me and Devo sure need a platypus uh, transplant of a of you know their body and I would ours. Totally dig that, man. I I would love it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Behold, platypus man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no points on that one. We'll go to question nine here. Eponymous geography. Speaking of the land down under, can you name the capital city of the Northern Territory of Australia? This city is the smallest, wettest, and most northerly of the Australian capital cities. Mm-hmm. And it, it is the eponym of an individual who came across the platypus during an 1836 excursion of the Blue Mountains. I like your answer. All right. We're locked in. Maybe not so good, though. Yeah. Apologies to our Australian listeners if they're very incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> But Brainlet would like to apologize as well because we're essentially, I think, going to go through mm-hmm. the list of Australian cities we know and pick one that sounds good. Yep. 
That's exactly what we're going to do. So we need to pick an Australian city because we genuinely don't know. So let's let's pick Brisbane. All right, we picked Victoria. I don't think Victoria personally went. But <laughs> that's what we're going with. Very adventurous. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Queen was <laughs> trouncing around the jungle in that time, but. Uh, if I you think about <laughs> your famous naturalist, it would be Charles Darwin himself. Darwin, oh, Australia. Darwin. I'm, uh, I'm walking through the desert here, and there's so much bush. <laughs> I don't know why they call it the bush. I've only seen dirt and snakes. What is that, what is that beaver doing to that duck? <laughs> this, this duck, the platypus, I was told, has no stomach. Can you believe it? I dare I say. Shall, I shall have to leave my all at home. I would watch this movie, though. <laughs> as long as it's the a The Queen seven, Down Under. I was going to say, yeah, it's like yeah. a seven-part miniseries with different actors every time, every, every season. Charlize Theron is. Is that, a, is that the new spinoff of The Crown or what? Yeah. It's called The Bush. <laughs> the Queen's Bush. The Queen's Bush. <laughs> On <laughs> Jeeves, please pull around my Range Rover. I'd like to drive across the bush, please. All right, let's finish this uh, first section off here. I'm sorry, Australians. I'm yeah. sorry. Food and drink is your last ca- uh, question of the category here. Sorry, last question of the round here. What is the name for the South Asian leafy green dish often made from spinach, mustard greens, or collard greens? It is typically spiced and commonly served with other ingredients like lamb or paneer, along with breads like roti or naan. Okay, we're locked in. Yeah, I was like, I didn't. I stopped listening after South Asian dish. You knew it right away. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't know it. I knew Ken knew it. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% certain. It sounds... Oh, paneer leads me to think it's Indian. Mm. And... I'm going to say kafta. Kafta. Okay. Kafka. Kafta. It's very kafta-esque. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to go with uh, sag. Or sag yep, sag. the correct answer is sag. Good job, like, guys. 10 points. Like S-A-A-G? To... Correct. S-A-A-G, yep. Okay. Sog. I've never heard of that before. I've heard, of, I've heard of gruel. Maybe mm-hmm. we should have some sag in the studio on one of our upcoming episodes. We could do that. We'll have some sag. We tried the dates. Oh, yeah. We should try some SOG. Yeah, we did try dates. Was that on a, a Patreon bonus? Yeah. Well, speaking of Patreon, it's the end of the first round. Uh, I'm going to give you the scores in one second, but just want to say thank you to all our Patreon subscribers, uh, including Ian, uh, for helping us continue to grow the show, helping us uh, record uh, fun episodes like our Ask Me Anything style crop drop and our normal uh, monthly Patreon bonus, which is more trivia-focused, uh, and then having uh, us just be able to, to get new equipment and uh, mm-hmm. invite great guests like Dave Owen Kells from Brain Little Trivia over uh, using uh, our, our app Zencaster here. So a lot of great things that uh, Patreon is allowing us to do. So And putting in that in-ground pool. And the in-ground pool that we're going to come out of like Phoebe Cates and Fast Times Ridge Yes. Uh, so yeah, you can join uh, <laughs> Ian and everyone else uh, at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcasts. Uh, and speaking of support, it looks like Dave Owen Kells are supporting each other to 50 points, which is the same score that Cortex Spatula has. So it's a very even game. You might say the most even the game can get. Yep. I would say that. Do you think we should have been cerebral spatula? I think that we could not turn back time. and we'll Oh, I, I can turn back time, and you will now forever be known as cerebral spatula. That's fine. But uh, Ian, who isn't turning back time, uh, we're going to move forward with Ian. What is the swing round today? 
Okay, yeah, first round was general. Second round and third round here, I'm going to transition into some Oklahoma questions. So this round, it's going to be 10 questions worth five points apiece. I'll read you a list of famous people, and I need you to tell me whether they are from Oklahoma, they are dead, they are neither, or they are both. So for example, if I said Gary Busey, you would say Oklahoma because he was born here in Tulsa and he is somehow still alive. Since there are 10 <laughs> questions, there will not be an even distribution of your answers. Okay. Okay. So Oklahoma, dead, neither, or both. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Barry Switzer. Number two, Olivia Munn. Number three, Mickey Mantle. Number four, Roy Orbison. Number five, Tommy Lee Jones. Number six, Sam Walton. Number seven, Brad Pitt. Number eight, Rick Bayless. Number nine, Rex Ryan. And number 10, Timothy McVeigh. All right. Those are the questions. We'll let you know if they're from Oklahoma, dead, neither, or both after this break. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And we are back from our break. The game is Oklahoma dead, neither or both. So let's get the names one more time, and we'll let you know if we think they're alive in in Oklahoma, dead, neither, or both. Okay, number one, Barry Switzer. Uh, That one, we think this person is alive, very much alive. And uh, we said they are from Oklahoma, so we said Oklahoma. We said both. 
Okay, no points on that one. It is neither. He's alive and he's born in Arkansas. Oh. Everyone, yeah, everyone associates him with Oklahoma and Texas, but he's from the third state. Okay, number two, Olivia Munn. Very much alive. Uh, not sure where she's from. We said neither. Uh, she is alive and from Oklahoma. Yep, points to Brain Ladle. Oh. It is Oklahoma. She was born in Oklahoma City. Okay, number three, Mickey Mantle. Uh, very much dead. We think not from Oklahoma, so we said dead. Both. Okay, points to Brain Ladle again. It is both. He was born in Spavanaugh. It's not looking good, man. Okay. No, we don't know our Oklahomans. <laughs> Four, Roy Orbison. Definitely dead. Maybe from Oklahoma. We said both. Definitely dead. We don't think he's from Oklahoma, so we said neither, I guess. Or dead would be the... Dead. He, just, he's just dead. dead. Yeah. He's just dead. He's just dead. <laughs> All right. Three in, a row, three in a row for you guys. He is dead. He was born in Texas. Did you... Number five, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, we said Oklahoma. We said neither. Make it four in a row. Neither. He was born in Texas as well. What the heck, man? Mm-mm. We're at, we're, okay, we're on number a streak, six. too. Just, just for the record. Yeah, the streak <laughs> yeah you're, I guess you've equaled the streak, yeah. You're beating the streak. Okay, Sam Walton, number six. We said both. Uh, we said just dead. I don't think he's from Oklahoma. Just, just dead. Okay, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, probably most associated with Arkansas, but he was born in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Oh, so we got points one. to the spatulas. Dang it. We were due. That was your first one? Yeah. Okay. We couldn't ask good old JR. I would know that one. Okay, number seven, Brad Pitt. Uh, we said neither, not knowing where he's from. I think he's from Missouri, so I said ne- we said neither as well. Neil, do you know this one? Uh, yeah, I think he's from uh, Missouri, I think. I think they're correct. Well, I mean, he might have grown up there, but he was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Uh, oh, wow. Mm. So another Oklahoma. Number eight, Rick Bayless. Uh, not sure where he's from, but he's live. I believe he's a celebrity chef and he liked my sister's dessert because he went to a restaurant. So we said neither. All right. That's not fair because that's inside information <laughs> that he's alive. That's totally not fair. Still, we we didn't still even might know be wrong. who he was. So that's bunk. Who he is. Well, quit trying to kill Rick Bayless. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to kill Rick Bayless. We said he was both. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Bayless is very much alive, and he and his brother Skip were born in Oklahoma City. Oh, man. His brother is Skip? Yep. So, oh. so Davo, if you ever go to the store and you see Frontera Grill chips or tacos or anything, that's Rick Bayless. So you can get those and say, he is alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, speaking, this, this round for both teams has been no small feat uh, on a number nine. Number nine. Everyone's favorite lovable coach rex ryan where's he from i see what you did there it was great thank you uh we said neither we said bo no we said he's alive and from oklahoma so oklahoma oklahoma i'll remember the format of it (laughs) 
Yep, Rex and his twin brother Rob are from Oklahoma. They were born in Ardmore. We didn't think enough of these people were from Oklahoma. I thought Rex Ryan was born at some point when Buddy was coaching in either Philadelphia or Chicago. So I would have guessed he was from either of those I wonder, cities. Yeah, is he from or you know from Oklahoma? He said so. Yeah, so yeah. maybe they flew yep. back home and had him there. I yeah. don't know. All right, last one, Timothy McVeigh. Unless this Ended is a, a trick. Yeah, right. Uh, we said both. We said both as well. Well, it would be a trick because he is from New York and he's just plain old dead. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got five points. Yeah. We got five Can points. Can you count that up? Is this the worst swing round performance of all time? <laughs> it was a great format, though. It was just the performance was not was not good, right? Um, it was like a lot of Rex Ryan's defenses as head coach. <laughs> so uh, after the the swing round. They won a Super Bowl, Neil. No, Rex Ryan, not oh. Buddy Ryan. <laughs> Uh, not as good right. as his dad. Uh, the apple <laughs> didn't uh, fall far from the tree, uh, or did fall far from the I tree. Don't know. Whatever that phrase is. And after that uh, inventive swing round, even though the performances weren't great, uh, like Rex Ryan's uh, head coaching career, it looks like uh, Team Cerebral Spatula is picking up five five points, bringing their total to fifty five, and Team Brain Little picking up uh, twenty five points, bringing them to seventy five and taking the lead. Alrighty, let's move on to the second round here. Second round, again, is going to be more Oklahoma trivia. (laughs) Our first question is in history. Oklahoma has the largest Native American population of any state in the U.S. Many of the 250,000 American Indians living in Oklahoma are descended from the 67 tribes who inhabited the former Indian Territory. Today, Oklahoma is the tribal headquarters of 39 tribes. For two points apiece, name what are historically considered the five civilized tribes of Oklahoma. All right, we are going to go ahead and lock in. Uh, we don't really have a base of knowledge on this question, so we're just going to name some tribes. All right, Kells, I got Cherokee, I have Creek, I have Choctaw. So I also have Cherokee. I wrote Creek. down. Yeah, me too. I wrote down Muskogee. I saw did I. I believe and Osage. that's a tribe. Osage. I didn't write down Osage. Okay. So let's go with, for a clean edit, let's go with Cherokee, Creek, Choctaw, Muskogee, and Osage. Okay. Sounds like you have a more educated guess than we do. We just had to pick some tribes because this is not uh, this is not our best category. I really need to look at a map of the nations. But uh, well, well, I was in Oklahoma yesterday. Uh, oh, there you go, man. We went with Navajo, Sioux, Apache, Cheyenne, and Cherokee. Okay, so my um, five here are Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw. Muskogee is synonymous with Creek. And Seminole. Uh, oh. I got three. Seminole. So you guys got yeah. Brain Ladle got three, and I. And we got you two. guys got one, I believe. Yeah, or two. Or we okay. got one for two points. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Alrighty. And I just had to throw that one out there because um, a lot of these Native American tribes really contribute to the history and culture of what makes Oklahoma a unique state. Um, number two is a music question. The American bison is the state mammal, milk is the state beverage, and Do You Realize is the state rock song performed by this psychedelic rock band from Oklahoma City. Now we're talking. Brothers <laughs> in the band 
say that the group's name references a high school classmate who contracted herpes. Ugh, that's that's gross. where it comes that's from. That's gross to know, but yeah. we're in. We're not in, because my first thought was Leonard Skinner, but I think they're from Florida. And I don't think their gym teacher had herpes that we know of. No. Yeah. I'm not a psychedelic rock guy. Yeah, and up until the psychedelic rock part, I was thinking, up until that part, I was thinking about... um. Gap band, but they are not psychedelic, nor are they rock. <laughs> They're from Tulsa anyway. So seems like a problem. Uh why don't we just uh, say the gap band? Because they're actually from Oklahoma. But it's Tulsa. Right, so one the gap band <laughs> with the with their nice sweaters and khakis. And sure. we're gonna go with uh the flaming lips. <laughs> yep, that'd be um... right, the flaming lips. <laughs> And I'll leave that up to your interpretation. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Gap Band, one of my favorite facts is Dave Grohl admits that the opening drumbeat to Smells Like Teen Spirit is from the Gap Band. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. He, loved, Band's... he loved the Gap Band, and he took the, the disco drums from there. Nice. Gap Band is from uh, Tulsa. Tulsa. Do we get a bonus point for Oklahoma band knowledge? Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't here? need extra points right now. Really? Okay, question number three. This is a science question. Ranking behind only Chile and Japan in yearly production, Oklahoma is the only state that produces this diatomic element that is the heaviest of the stable halogens. All right, uh, we are locked in here just uh, based on a guess what we think a stable halogen might be. Kells, you want to call Sensei real quick? Because he'd he do uh, this in two seconds. I mean... Yeah, no yeah, phone yeah. a friend. He's probably just what? talking about this. That wasn't what I was told. Because <laughs> I haven't the slightest idea. I don't even know which way to go. Um, well, the Chile and Japan what make me want to think something with electronics. So, like, so I'm probably way off like base, neon? but you want to go with something like uh, neon? Ooh, yes, neon? Let's do neon. Let's go neon. Why not? Neon yeah, when I think light. of halogen, I think of light bulbs. Uh, I don't really know the science, uh, so we said neon. Okay, neon is a noble gas, I believe. Oh, come Answer on. Answer is yeah. iodine. Oh. Oklahoma is the only place I, in the U.S. Too. we get iodine. And it's also, they store it in the same region out in the western part of the state where the largest helium reserves are. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I just had some helium there. Okay. <laughs> Sound like Dutch okay. boy got kicked in the nut. Well, let's let's go to another uh, Jeff type question here. Let's do geography. Speaking of noble gases in the sweat lodge, Cimarron County is the only county in the United States to border four other states. What are those states? All right, we are gonna go ahead and lock in. We're not sure on our geography, but we at least know the county that you're talking about. So. So I don't, I'm not hundred percent clear, but I don't think it's on the uh, Eastern side of the state. You thinking the panhandle? I'm thinking the panhandle. So. And like the very far West of the panhandle. I thought you guys are called brain ladle. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind we of kitchen evolved. utensil is good with us, man. <laughs> Uh, so oh. I'm thinking something like Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, and that kind of side. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. 
That was Kansas actually is directly north. So, okay. So, well, if it's go ahead and do that, it there, Kells. But you want to go with Kansas? <laughs> you want to go Kansas, Colorado, Arizona, and Texas? Uh, New Mexico and Texas. New Mexico, not yeah, not Arizona. Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, we thought it was the Panhandle too. But we don't know our geography, so Mm-mm. we said some stuff. Yeah, we would. Texas. Way too far west. Nevada. <laughs> Utah. Utah. And Colorado. Colorado. Okay, well, you guys don't know where Oklahoma is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, I've got Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, and Kansas. Ugh. Brain ladle nailed them all. Yeah, Cimarron County is a weird place. It's, it's the furthest west. It's uh, got the highest point in Oklahoma. The county seat there observes Mountain Standard Time, and it was the uh, county in the U.S. that most heavily favored Trump in 2020 at 92%. How interesting. To show why well, I'm glad place. I'm not playing. I'm lo- I loving listening to the game, but I'm glad I'm not playing because of the geography question because when I heard Cimarron, I thought of the 1931 Glenn Ford movie, oh. which is not helpful <laughs> no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it it's right next to Cimarron, New Mexico. Yeah, just across the border. Mm. Okay, number five. Maybe maybe this will give Neil some joy. It's a history question, but also a movie question. While exercising in a Tulsa park early in the morning of January twenty second, nineteen ninety seven, Lottie Williams became the first and so far only person to do what? I'll give you a hint. It may happen again if the scenario portrayed in an award-winning Alfonso Cuaron movie occurs off the big screen. I have nothing else. I just know it's something that people talk about that's like never happened but could have happened. Okay, we are locking in with something weird. (laughs) Let's get weird. Yeah, this one's a tough one. So, Kels, did, did Cuaron do Gravity? think so so because i was wondering if she might have been hit by a meteor you want to go with that it sounds like a really rare occurrence he did his uh yeah sure sure let's go with it (laughs) he says he's the only (laughs) laddie williams is the only person that this happened to so all right hit by a meteor are you sure Sure. are you sure sure okay all right Matt wrote, I, I wrote down a bunch of Alfonso Cuaron films and couldn't quite place an event. And uh, Matt wrote down spontaneous combustion. <laughs> and I was like, well, there is a fire in Roma, so let's go for it. Oh, I, I wish it was that one. We'll have to use our discretion here, but very close. She was hit by space debris. So oh, yeah. she was hit by a blackened mesh fragment. Um, from a Delta II rocket that was used to launch the mid-course space experiment in the year prior. All right, so. give it to him. But if if you guys have another cusp answer, it's going to Team Spatula next time. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, if if you look at the original reporting and interviews with Lottie, she thought uh, someone had tapped her on the shoulder. It was that light. I can see it in like a comedy movie where there's a huge meteor coming and the government's watching and they're like, this thing is the size of three miles or whatever and there's someone's doing like Tai Chi in the park and all of a sudden it comes and it's really scary and it's just like a pebble. It's like, bink. (laughs) Uh, 
after uh, after five uh, questions in the second round here, looks like uh, Brain Ladle's picking up. I couldn't do the math. Twenty one uh, to get to ninety six, and Cerebral Spatula picking up twelve, bringing them to seventy seven. So, Brain Ladle extending that lead. Okay, question six: Architecture. Oklahoma is home to only three structures designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. The first is the West Hope Home, built in 1929 in Midtown Tulsa, not far from where I live. The second is a home built in 1954 for Harold Price Jr. in Bartlesville. What was unique about the third building that was constructed for Harold's father? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to lock in with a guess here. I'm wondering if it was a geodesic dome. Ooh. So I've seen it a few of those fancy out here. For us to use. I'm wondering, yeah, that's, I wonder if it was a dome, but I don't know. If, I, I Sometimes don't know. you just want to get an answer that sounds smart enough, you know? Smartish. It's got a multisyllabic yeah. word. I love Davo making jokes, and then all of a sudden he go. pulls out geodesic dome out all of right, nowhere. So we got a geodesic <laughs> dome, and what do we say? Like idiots. Huh? We said underground. Underground. I wasn't listening. Like the mole people? Okay, it, it, this is uh, the only Frank Lloyd Wright skyscraper ever built. Oh. It, it's one of the two ver- vertically oriented buildings of his portfolio. The other one is the S.C. Johnson headquarters in Racine, Wisconsin. I didn't know he had a skyscraper. What's the name of this building? Yep, so come come to Bartlesville. It's about an hour north of Tulsa, and it's called the Price Tower. And now it's a little, little museum and hotel there. Uh, oh, wow. Like, you can't miss it. It's just about the only thing in Bartlesville, but it's almost uh, Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza esque. <laughs> Looking at it, yeah, yeah, it's a cool building. So if you're Gamian, uh, I will trap you into that building and come in hot with a beard and a German accent and see if you can get out. Oh, I'll, I'll wait in the oh, car with Carl Winslow. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. F B. Question number seven is in medicine. If you spent time in a hospital room, you've likely seen the Wong-Baker scale. Originally designed for use with children, this tool was developed at Hillcrest Medical Center by Donna Wong and Connie Baker in 1983 to measure what? Sometimes called the fifth vital sign. All right, we're elected. Is it the pain scale thing? All right, so there's heart rate. You think? Yeah, I'm Uh thinking pain scale because there's heart rate, respiration, pulse... Uh, and two others, I'm sure. And the rest. <laughs> two others. In frame. Uh, oh, let's do the pain scale. I like that. Okay. When you're in a doctor's office, you always see the uh, the smiley faces, and then they get less smiley, and then they start to be uh, sad and angry. And uh, I guess that's the pain scale. I was in a hospital room for five days last year and had no pain, so I was always smiley face. But what is it? Yep, you guys got it, got it right. It is the pain scale. Yep, showing faces, rating pain from one to ten. Can we have the other two? crying. Can we have one of those for the podcast, like for yeah. both of ours? Like on every episode, <laughs> yeah. there's a little scale you click. How badly it's going? Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling about this game? <laughs> <laughs> what are the other two vital signs that I missed, med student men? Uh, probably be blood pressure, heart rate, temperature. Temp- um, I miss blood pressure. And the fourth one is either respiration or blood oxygen. I don't know. Probably one of those two. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. five. It's 
going to be on your test. Fifth one is well, pain. pain. Well, pain, yeah, pain is considered the fifth one. <laughs> All right, just checking. It's really yeah, midi chlorines. You got me. It's really a, a silent, <laughs> uh, a silent one though, because we know we know pain doesn't it's a subjective hurt. Subjective scale. Oh, no, pain don't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number eight is a history question. Oklahoma's major army post, Fort Sill, is situated north of Lawton. It is currently one of the four sites for Army basic training and home to the U.S. Army Field Artillery School. In the past, however, it was a strategic staging point for conflicts with Native American tribes in the Southwest and a location for holding prisoners of war. I want to know who is the most famous person to be buried at the Fort Sill cemeteries. He was captured in 1894 and died in 1909. All right, we're going with a gut answer. Doesn't fit all the pieces, but maybe there's more to this than we know. So, locked in. Yeah, I had a couple thoughts. I I now have three thoughts. Ooh, no? What are they? Just maybe, two. Maybe ours match up. Uh, I was thinking something like Sitting Bull. He was my first. Or Crazy Horse. I didn't um, think of Crazy Horse. Maybe Santa Ana. So, what do you want to go with? You want to go with Sitting Bull? We'll go with Sitting Bull. All right. We went with the other side of this general conflict, and we said Custer. It was Geronimo. Mm. Oh. The Apache warrior, yeah. So the Apaches and Cheyenne uh, had a lot of conflict with the U.S. military around southwestern Oklahoma. Okay. Question number nine. Uh, this This one was for Neil, but he's not playing today, sadly. I'll step in for Neil. Essie Hinton is known for a young adult novel set in Oklahoma. Her 1967 novel, The Outsiders, is based on her experience attending class with rival gangs at Will Rogers High School. Similarly, her 1975 work, Rumblefish, follows the 14-year-old Rusty James who smokes, drinks, fights, and hustles his way towards adulthood. Both novels were adapted by Hinton and Francis Ford Coppola into 1983 movies of the same names, each launching several careers. Who is the top billing actor who appears in the movie adaptations of both The Outsiders and Rumblefish? And I want to note, there are three other actors in minor roles that appear in both films, but I want you to only name the top billing um, role, i.e. they would have been on the movie poster. All right, we know a lot of uh, Outsiders actors, not sure who's top billed, and know nothing about Rumblefish, but we are in with a guess. So it was 1983... So I think Matt Dillon was the big kids. brother. I think Matt, I think Matt, Matt Dillon, Dillon was like the, the answer. Okay, well we can because I can see like because the cover it of the DVD. Be Emilio Estevez. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. or I Tom think... Cruise or Ralph Macchio. Uh, Stay gold, Dutch boy. Hold on. Stay gold. Or C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> I think I, I'm. So you want to go? My, Matt gut, my gut is saying Matt Dillon. Okay. okay, you guys say Matt yeah. Dillon. We wrote down Ralph Macchio, Swayze, Tom Cruise, uh, Emilio. But we we went with Matt Dillon. And Neil says? Neil? Matt Dillon. What's the answer? Yeah, Matt Dillon is correct. Yeah, interesting note on that. Um, uh, a scene from Rumblefish was filmed in the back alley of the brewery I work at. So I see that historical plaque every time I take the trash out. Cool. <laughs> just, just like Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon was here. 
Matt yep. Dillon was yeah, I think I, I think I saw Matt Dillon's career out there. <laughs> There's a speaking of that, I know it's completely unrelated to the outsiders, but if you've seen last night in Soho um there's uh if you remember if anyone's seen it terrence stamp comes out of this like very narrow um walkway from like the bottom of a pub you mm -hmm. remember and so when they were filming he told edgar wright who was filming there because he thought it was cool looking he said this is the most unremarkable staircase i've ever seen and the bar put a plaque there that says most unremarkable staircase <laughs> terrence stamp <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got a nice little little picture of mickey rourke and matt dillon <laughs> Unlikely duo. Okay. Yeah. Number 10 is a sports question. There have been eight Heisman Trophy winners from schools in Oklahoma. Can you name five out of eight for full points? No. Oh. And I'll give you 20 points if you can name seven or more. All right. We are locked in. I'm just going to name five. Yeah. Go. Uh, give them the answers there, Kells. All right. So Baker Mayfield, Sam Bradford. Kyler Murray, Barry Sanders, and White. And also, Billy Sims. Billy Sims. So, we had Baker Mayfield, Barry Sanders, Kyler Murray, Sam Bradford, and Adrian Peterson. And that's all I got. Five. Okay. Five answers from you guys. I will uh, read them in revert. No, I'll do them in the chronological order. They'll probably be the most difficult ones first. Um, the toughest one is Billy Vessels, 1952. Didn't expect anyone oh, to get dang. that one. Yeah. Steve <laughs> Owens, 1969. Billy Sims, 1978. Barry Sanders, 1988. Jason White, 2003. Sam Bradford, 2008. Baker Mayfield, 2017, and Kyler Murray, 2018. So I think Brain Ladle got full points on that one. Mm -hmm. I think you guys, uh, Spatula, you got uh, four of five? Yeah, so. four of five. Okay. So no points on that one. After regulation, it looks like Cerebral Spatula just needs to get those uh, neurons flowing just a little bit better. They got 97 points uh, after the... You know, we're going to switch to the uh, Cortex Colander. Cortex colander going into the final round. So you only picked because it's all just draining through. You only picked up twenty points there. So yeah, you're at ninety-seven, and Brain Ladle uh, still uh, performing great. Uh, picked up thirty points, bringing their total to one hundred and twenty-six points going into the final round. So what are our final round categories that uh, our teams can wager on? Oklahoma, Ian? okay, Oklahoma. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was nice, and I reverted back to some general knowledge here. Uh, so first question will be file this away. Varmints. Right hand man. Gaga for dogs. And our darkest hour. All the wagers are now locked in. Let's get those questions again. Okay. Question one, file this away. Only eight hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor, Japanese forces began bombarding this world capital city before deploying troops to the area. The damage to U.S. military equipment stationed there ultimately led to the retreat of General Douglas MacArthur's forces. Don't worry, he came back. Number two, varmints. Currently, there are 257 schools with football programs that participate in NCAA Division I competition. This includes both bowl and championship subdivisions. 
Some may call it discrimination, but only two teams have mascots that are rodents. Name both schools who last played one another in 2017. Number three, right-hand man. During the tenure of which president has the United States endured the longest period without an acting vice president? He was the first vice president to assume the office of the presidency midterm following the death of his ticket mate. Number four, Gaga for dogs. Due to its disproportionate head-to-hip ratio, this dog breed is delivered by C-section in over 80% of births. It is one of the most popular dog breeds in the country and one of the most expensive, with average puppy prices north of $3,000. In our darkest hour, number five. Beginning on May 31, 1921, the single worst incident of racial violence in American history took place in the thriving Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The area was described by many as Black Wall Street, and the events of the Tulsa Race Massacre left as many as 300 dead and thousands without homes. Among the atrocities, self-deputized men took matters into their own hands and did what for the first time in American history? It would be another 20 years until the most famous instance of this type of assault occurred. Okay, those are the questions. We'll be right back with our answers. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Okay, all the answers are now in. Uh, we bet 15s all the way down. What did... Uh... The other team bet. They went uh, 10, 15, 10, 20, 10. All right. So it's going to come down to uh, the answers of these questions, as per usual, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, What is the first question? Okay, question number one, file this away. Eight hours after Pearl Harbor was attacked, what world capital city was bombarded by the Japanese? Uh, File this away, I get it, because Manila... Good, good clue. Okay. Yeah, we said Manila, Philippines. <laughs> we also said Manila. All righty, you guys 
You guys got it. Manila, Philippines is the answer for number one. Number two, out of the 257 schools with football programs in uh, Division One, what are the two uh, that have mascots that are rodents? Um, Matt named the uh, mascots, and I confirmed whether they're rodents or not, and what did we say? Uh, Oregon State Beavers and the Michigan, or no, not Michigan, Minnesota Golden Gophers. My dad would be so upset because he graduated from Minnesota, and I totally <laughs> forgot about them. <laughs> we said we said uh oregon state beavers and north dakota and north dakota state jackrabbits yep i think you're thinking of south dakota state sure jackrabbits it's all one state. it's a dakota <laughs> rabbits <laughs> rabbits are lagomorphs not rodents yes it is the beavers me? and the golden gophers <laughs> i called you a lagomorph how dare you sir <laughs> it's a family show all right, number three. Which president endured the longest period without an acting vice president? He was the first president to assume the office midterm following the death of his ticket mate. What did you guys have? We said Tyler due to a lack of coat on the previous president. <laughs> Bad planning for weather and way too verbose in his speech. Uh, we also said Tyler. Yep, that'd be correct. And... Tyler served for three years and 334 days without a vice president. No one was really sure what the Constitution uh, said about that process. So they did nothing. So they just left it. And there are actually a lot of really long periods in the 1800s where the U.S. didn't have an acting vice president. Kind of scary. Okay, number four. Which dog breed is delivered by C-section in over 80% of births and is very expensive, averaging over $3,000 a pup. Matt was like, oh, I know this. Mm-hmm. They kept breeding them to have bigger and bigger heads and their googly eyes. That... Now they're not, not uh, biologically feasible. Yeah, French bulldogs. Frenchies. Uh, we said English bulldogs. Ooh. Well, if if you guys got the clue from the... The header there, Gaga for dogs. Someone famous for having French bulldogs would be Lady mm. Gaga. But English, I know English bulldogs are <laughs> delivered that way a lot, but um, I don't believe their puppy price is that high. Oh, there's a finger Google pointing. <laughs> oh my god! Didn't the last two ties go to a? In- yeah. English bulldogs. Their heads aren't attached to their spine. They're so big and so heavy. Come on, man. Don't give, don't give me that well, shot. I, we're we're, I just we're on those, Amazon uh, looking for fl- English Bulldogs right now. Hold on. <laughs> the fluffy the fluffy French Bulldogs are like $10,000 oh, a puppy. French Bulldogs. Ah, they look about the same. All right, doing some uh, research. Looks like English Bulldogs fit a lot of these categories too. Um, yeah, we watched Lady a Gaga, lot of Bulldog Lady birth Gaga videos. Is known for French Bulldogs, but we'll, we'll, we'll go points to both teams for this one. Okay, question number five. Um, what happened for the first time in American history during the Tulsa Race Massacre? It wouldn't happen, or the most significant occurrence of it wouldn't happen again for another 20 years. We weren't exactly sure, but we put uh, lynching. We, uh, we said immolation. Because of the fire bombings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, there'll have to be some discretion here. Yeah, if you go 20 years out from 1921, 
Um, I referenced it in the first question. That would be Pearl Harbor. So the first bombing of a U.S. city occurred in Tulsa in 1921. I say, I say no points so either way on that one. Well... I won't complain because we've screwed a few lines. <laughs> After a crazy final round. Uh, of most disputed game in history. Most disputed game in history with our friends here from Brain Ladle. Uh, it looks like uh, Brain Ladle uh, is going to pick up 15 points in the final round, bringing them to 141. But Team Cer- uh, Cortex Colander uh, picking up 45 points, bringing their total to 142, a one-point game. And the winners today are... Cerebral, Cortex, Cerebral, Spatula, etc. Uh, in their today's Cream of the Crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, one-point victory. It's insane. Yeah, That was insane. That's awesome, though. That was a great game. It came down to the wire. It was fun. It was a really great game. Um, great game, great competitors. I yes. See, I see Kells is clutching his uh, his wrestling belt right now. Like not... He doesn't want to give it up. <laughs> no. He's going to knock us no. out with it right now and leave. <laughs> well, well, let's start with our, our special guest today. Make sure everyone, you check out Brain Ladle uh, podcasts everywhere. But uh, both of you, let's start with uh, Devo. Uh, any final words, any shout outs where people can find you, all that good stuff? Oh, we are on, we have a Patreon. Uh, we have, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. We are on the Google Play, the Spotify, the anywhere your podcast, your favorite podcast app, we will be there. Brain Ladle Trivia, we love doing the show. Thank you guys so much for having us here. Um, we couldn't ask for a better team up. This has been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. We can't wait to uh, hopefully come on your show too and, and uh, return the love. Thank you, Kels, uh, for joining us today as well and wearing that belt. Any final words from you? Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for that. I'm going to clip that and use it if you don't mind. May I? It's all yours. It's all yours. Awesome. <laughs> thank hey, Ian, thank you so much for the great set of questions today. Learned a lot Ian, about wonderful. Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, love being on the show. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my wife for putting up with me while I made all these questions, testing them out on hers, got on uh, recordings like this. Uh, give me the time and space. I also want to thank uh, Neil. Uh, thanked him at the top, but Tim and Cheyenne. I want to thank you guys again and your whole crew that helped me play test this. And uh, yeah, at the time of this recording, we're only a week out from uh, another mass shooting here in Tulsa. And if if that bothers you, I really encourage you to um, volunteer your time or money at places like. Every town and mom de- moms demand action and uh, get out and vote um, coming this fall um, if you want to see some change on that front. Great message. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, that'll be the episode for today. Yep. Uh, for Matt, Ken, Jeff, Kells, Davo, Ian, uh, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. It sounds like an element Arnold would be talking about in some weird 80s obscure action movie like we have to find the dietetic element. <laughs> the stable halogens. It's only in Oklahoma. We must run. Go. <laughs>